口でやった。And Jeremy, honestly, it is, it, it really is. It's an honor for Alana and I to be here with you guys, with Vineyard Church, and to see what's happening and what's happened under the last 10 years of your leadership.、Uh, we first came here, must have been 15 or so years ago,、uh, and preached here way back when Rolly and Dot were the, the pastors here. And, and then to see what's happened in the years since has been. Just really inspiring. And、uh, yeah, you know, we've been friends with Jeremy for, well, that is, that literally is like since 1999、yeah. we first met、yeah. and,、um, and served together and worked together. And, and、uh, we were there at your wedding and, and seeing your first ever kiss.、Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and the roller drone. Yes, we did. We, we've done a lot of stuff together and we keep in touch. And so to have the opportunity to be here today、uh, was, was really a blessing for us and really excited for what's ahead for you. And yes,、uh, you know, thank you for saying, let's not be too conscious about time. That also, you don't have to stress, you know, I'm not going to be here till one o'clock,、um, uh, probably 12 50. Um, but I, I want to just firstly, Before we jump into a whole lot of other things, just to,、uh, in the lead up to today, just praying and saying, God, what do you want to say just to encourage Jeremy and Anita、uh, and the church here, the leaders and the people of Vineyard Church? And I actually forgot that this is an awesome property. And I actually forgot that you sit right on that little river there.、Um, it, and I was, I was just praying, saying, God, what do you want to say to Vineyard? And instantly the verse came to me from. Um, Jeremiah.、Uh, it says that、um, blessed are those who trust in the Lord, who've made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted on a riverbank, its roots go down deep, and they continue to produce fruit in season and out of season. Their, their leaves never fall off, they always stay green, and they keep producing fruit, even when maybe they shouldn't keep producing fruit.、Uh, and it, Has this great picture of the blessing of God on our lives. And, and that verse just that was the one that came to my mind straight away. And then when we drove here, I went,、oh, that's right, you literally sit on the riverbank.、Uh, but just to encourage you with that, and Anita, and your team, and your church, just that is, what, what has happened here already is significant. And the years under previous leadership, and even the last 10 years under you guys, it's all been those roots going down deep. But something new, something fresh is going to start to happen. And it's about that producing fruit in season and out of season.、Uh, seeing great harvest and, and times of fruit bearing, even when maybe, you know, even through winter in Stanford, when everyone goes into hibernation.、Um, and just that it's, it's just going to be a little shift、uh, because those roots have gone down deep. And God says, You've, you've made him your hope and confidence. And so the blessing that he's going to pour out on that is in season and out of season. Fruit in season and out of season. I really believe in that for your next 10 years, 20 years, or whatever, you know, 30 years, 40 years. How old are you? You're, you're, going, to, you're going to grow old and die here. And 
and Stanford will be grateful for it. It's good. Uh, as Jeremy said, uh, yeah, so I, I currently have the privilege of being um, a chaplain, a padre for Queensland Police Service in the South Brisbane uh, district. And so I've got about 3,000 staff plus their families to look after. Uh, plus, yeah, and that includes like 500 recruits at the academy and they're just coming through all the time. And it's not wrong what, uh, what your mayor, Vic, said that the best way to make any first responder uncomfortable is to thank them. It's amazing. Uh, I walk into a station and have a chat and meet, meet with people and, and you know, I'll always say, hey, thanks for what you do. And they, they don't know how to respond. Well, no one ever says that. Um, you know, they're used to, if someone, especially the coppers, they're used to their interactions with people usually end with being spat on. And so uh, to thank them is just one of the greatest things that you can do. And it's a real privilege to have this role. I'm also uh, the chaplain for Queensland Cricket. Uh, and the Brisbane Heat and a whole lot of international players as well. That's a, that's a lot of fun. Um, you'd only do that if you love cricket. If you're hating cricket. Uh, who hates cricket? No. Uh, who loves cricket here? Come on. Wow. Nice. There are no cricket haters in the room. Alright. I like you people even more. So I presented Jeremy's son Timmy with a Cricket Australia uh, jacket yesterday, and he got his first wicket yesterday, bowling, it's exciting. Alright, Father, as we come around your word, I thank you. Your word is living and active, your word is alive, your word is powerful, your word changes our lives. Would you speak to us today, every single one of us, whether this is our first time ever in church, if it's our first time in a long time, or we are here all the time. Thank you. You're going to speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who's my Fijian brothers and sisters here? Who's from Fiji? Just one. Just one. Your nation is actually the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing today. Uh, I was I was going down a completely different path. I was heading off to the Navy. I was about to go and start helicopter pilot training. And I went on a trip uh, to with a, a with churches in Fiji, in away from all the tourist places, in all the little tiny out of the way places in uh, Tabua and Tabiuni and Granby and, and and little places out in the middle of nowhere, and, and working with with schools and churches, and and on that trip, I felt like I I just had an awakening of my life calling, and went on and wrote to the Navy, said sorry, I'm not coming now. Um, I'm going to Bible college, and uh, so I'm thankful for your nation. Uh, I've never been back. Um, <laughs> I need to go back. My wife reckons let's go. In 2013, my then seven-year-old daughter Zara. We have three children. Alana is down here. My wife, the ladies. Uh, some of the ladies met her yesterday. Had a great time with her. We've been married 25 years, uh, which just means that she is incredibly patient. Uh, we have three children, they are 23, 20, and almost 18. Uh, but in 2013, our youngest one, who was then seven years old, Zara, had carefully prepared a puppet show that she wanted to show me. She made her own puppets, she narrated the script into my phone so that she could have it playing back while she performed her play from 
behind the lounge. She had all these little puppets and she was going to be, be acting them out behind the lounge setting. And she'd been repeatedly calling out to me to come and watch. She's like, Dad, are you ready yet? Dad, are you ready yet? And I was doing some things in the kitchen and she's like, Dad, are you ready yet? And now finally I was ready. So I ran from the kitchen to the lounge room. And as I ran past the lounge chair, I didn't realize that it had unexpectedly been moved. Only by a few centimeters, but unexpectedly was out of its usual place. You know how you get comfortable with where things sit in your house? And you can actually, even with the lights off, you can sort of navigate your way around because you just sort of know where things are. Well, the lounge had just been moved by just a few centimeters and I was running from the kitchen to the lounge and as I ran past it, the toes of my left foot, my bare left foot, clipped the sharp wooden foot on the corner of the lounge and I was sent hurtling to the floor in a crumpled, writhing, rolling, yelling mess, <laughs> part crying, part laughing, part agony and torment. And I'm laying on the ground. <laughs> Clips their toes on things. <laughs> Oh, it's just the worst, isn't it? If there's something to hit my toe on, I will find it. And I went <coughs> crashing to the floor, and I'm just... <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to cry, if I'm going to laugh, and it's just agony. And the strangest thing was, as I lay there, I remember this so clearly, as I lay there on the ground, the first thought that actually came to my mind was, that was unexpected. I don't know why I thought that. That was, that was unexpected. And what made it worse was that Zara, still behind the lounge with her puppets waiting for me, she just kept saying over and over, Dad, are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? While I'm rolling on the floor, clutching my broken toe. Think about the last time that something totally unexpected happened in your life. Maybe it was good, maybe it was not so good. Maybe it was a great thing, maybe it was a tragic thing. When was the last time something completely unexpected happened in your life? How did you respond? So often the unexpected things in life send us hurtling to the floor in a rolling, crying, yelling mess. Just going, <laughs> I believe in having great expectations. Great expectations. Expecting great things. That the father of modern missions, William Carey, he said, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. That's a great life motto. Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. I believe in having great expectations. High expectations. Some people live their life because of experiences with very low expectation. Because you don't want to be disappointed. You've been disappointed before, and so you don't want to be disappointed again. And you've been let down before, you don't want to be let down again. And so people approach all kinds of things in life with low expectations. They go into a relationship with very low expectations. They go into their marriage with very low expectations. They go into a new workplace with very low expectations. But T.D. Jakes says that low expectation is a curse to greatness. If, we, if we're never expecting anything great, then we always fall short. We settle for less than what we could experience. Now, the Bible says that God knows the plans he has for us. 
and their plans for good. Plans to give us a future and a hope. That's a great promise. The Bible also says that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could dare ask, think, or imagine, according to the power that's at work within us. That's a great promise. He can do, he's the God of the exceedingly, abundantly above. He's not the God of the average, less than, mediocre. He's a God who wants us to see in our lives things that are exceedingly abundantly above to, to live lives that make a difference, to live lives that leave an impact, to live lives that have a great legacy. I love those promises. But through my life, I've discovered, and I would suggest that possibly you have as well, that those plans, that future hope, that exceedingly abundantly above usually doesn't look like what we expect it to. Even though when it all works itself out, it's usually better than what we would have expected anyway. It's better than what we would have planned when, when God has his way and works things out. It's like, well, I didn't expect it to go like this. And then, oh, wow, look at look how things have worked out. Why? Because all things are working together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. It doesn't say that all those things are good. In fact, that might be bad. That might be sad. That might make you mad. That, that, that might be unfair. That might be unjust. That might be disappointing. That might be lost. But He says, He doesn't say all those things are good. He says all those things are working together for good. And we move on down the track and it might be five years later, ten years later, and we look back and we go, ah, oh, I see what you were doing there, God. And it's, it's not what I expected, but it's better than what I expected. I call this great unexpectations. I think we can live a life with great unexpectations. Alana and I have experienced great unexpectations this year. We, we thought life was going a different way. We thought things were going a certain way. And then, and then you know, there was, there was turmoil and, and things happened in, in the, the church that we were serving in. And there was chaos and, and all sorts of stuff going on. And, and things went a, a different way. And we stepped out. We resigned from there and stepped out not knowing what we were going to. First time we've ever resigned from a position somewhere not knowing what was next. And literally taking a bit of an old-fashioned faith step, going, okay, God, we're just going to trust you. We don't know where this is going. And we had uh, an expectation of what the next eight months was going to be. We had, we had long service leave and annual leave and things built up. And so we thought we're going to take eight months and kind of just chill out a bit and refresh and reset and just reassess some things and and, and we thought, and, you know, we're going to go and preach in different churches on weekends. And we thought we'd go and pastor a church again and take on a church or plant a church. And, and we had this expectation. And then in, suddenly, after only a, a, about two months of that eight months, a great unexpectation happened. And an opportunity came with the, the Queensland police. And I, I thought, oh, I don't even think that I want to do it. I, I don't think... I thought, oh, well, I'll at least just find out what, what's involved in it. Because, I don't know, maybe I can just do it a couple of days a week or something. And, and I'll just, we'll just find out. And so, uh, put an expression of interest in and, and then got a, a request to have an interview. And I, I said to Alana, oh, I, don't, 
I don't think I want to have the interview. I don't want. I don't want the job. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it. I'm, we're having. We're in loving life. We are. We're just on a loving life. We we were doing stuff around the house. We were going and getting honey chili chicken from our local little Asian place every day for lunch, and and doing some stuff on the house and chilling out and relaxing and spending time together and going to, and enjoying our long service leave and then going preaching on a weekend in a church and it was awesome. Just loving it. Oh, I don't even think I want to have the interview. Oh, well, I suppose I can have the interview and just, just see, like, what's it look like? So I had the interview with the inspector, and then, uh, and then the next day, her number called me, and I ignored it. We were sitting there eating our honey chili chicken on the lounge, uh, binging Netflix, and, and, I, and her number called And I just didn't even, just ignored it. Let me go to voicemail. Two minutes later, it called again. Alana said, well, you've got to answer her. Oh, all right, so answered, went outside, answered the phone, and she said, um, hey, Artie, congratulations, we want to offer you the full-time roles, the chaplain of Queensland Police. And my response was literally this. Oh. <laughs> That's literally what I said. Oh. And she laughed. She said, do you need me to give you some time to think about it? I said, yeah, that'd be good. So she said, I'll give you a week. So after the week, I called her back and said, no, I don't want to do it. We, I, I want to pastor a church. We're having some time off. Then we're going to go and pastor a church. She said, okay, no worries. That night, I could not sleep. I was awake all night. I just thought, I've done the wrong thing. I've made, I've made a mistake. Sat on that for a week and praying about it. And then uh, after another week, I called her back and I said, um, uh, hi, uh, ma'am. Um, bit of a strange thing, but just wondering, have you, is that role still available? And she said, well, we've given it to someone else. But uh, if you want it, we'll move him to a different district and you can have it. And, yeah, all right, I think I want it. But can I just do it part-time? She said, no, it's going to be full-time. <laughs> all right, I'll do it. And that great unexpectation has been the greatest thing ever. I come home every day saying, I love my job. I've been doing it for six months now. I love my job. Now, some of you, you, you know, talk to coppers and first responders, they say, yeah, you'll get over that. No, but I, I love my job. Every day I come home saying, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm having the most unbelievable opportunities. I'm finding myself in the most surprising rooms with the most incredible people, having just divine appointments and divine opportunities and getting to do some really fun stuff too. Um, you know, racing lights and sirens with to jobs with the district officers and, and, and being on crime scenes and being out on the boats with the water police and I'm going up with Paul Air in the helicopter and I'm hanging out with the CERT, the, the SWAT team, uh, hanging out with them, getting my gun license with some of those boys and it's like, this is awesome. And then there's really heartbreaking, challenging, difficult things, confronting things. I've done more funerals in the last six months than I have in the last six years of pastoring. Heartbreaking, tragic things. Great unexpectations. Opportunities to explain the gospel, the good news of Jesus to people who have never heard it in their life. Sitting with someone who says, I'm wracked with guilt. I've just got so much guilt and I don't know how to get rid of it. 
and walking through a journey of, well, this is what the Bible says about God's grace and forgiveness. Opportunities that are just amazing, astounding. Great unexpectations. Because when God's got a plan, His plans are better than anything we could have imagined. Do you believe that? In the book of Genesis, we read about a man by the name of Jacob. Now, Jacob lived around 1,700 years before Christ. His name means schemer or deceiver. Anyone here named Jacob? No? I mean, it's, it's a rough name, isn't it? That's a rough thing to have said over you. You are schemer or deceiver. I don't, how many of you know what your name means? Okay. I mean, most names have great meanings. You know, like whatever. I don't know. What does your name mean, Jeremy? Rock. The Rock. There you go. That's just, from now on, it's Pastor Rock. He's <laughs> the Rock. <laughs> and names usually have a great meaning. My name means Noble Bear Man. <laughs> noble Bear Man. <laughs> Jacob's name meant schemer, deceiver, and actually described him perfectly. He was the younger of twin boys. His older twin's name was Esau. Esau was a man's man. Jacob was mummy's boy. Jacob's life seemed to bounce from one unexpected event to the next. Some were highs, some were lows. Some were unfair, some were his own fault. Some were simply shocking, and some of them were, were God trying to get his attention. Nearly every key event in Jacob's life could be described by the title of this message, which is Great Unexpectations. If you're taking notes, and I encourage you to take notes, I take notes on every sermon I hear, because I just believe God wants to speak to me. And I take notes on the great sermons, the average sermons, the terrible sermons. Um, I hope this isn't going to be a terrible one. And, but, but I just believe God's going to speak to us. Great unexpectations. In Genesis chapter 28, we find Jacob running for his life from his older brother Esau because Jacob had tricked their frail elderly father Isaac into giving him the firstborn blessing that was reserved for Esau. Jacob's a liar, he's a trickster, he's a deceiver, and yet God comes to him and starts to show him a great vision for his future. I mean, that was unexpected. He didn't deserve it. He hadn't earned it. He wasn't even looking for it. But God starts to show him a better picture, a great picture of his future. And we read this in Genesis 28, verses 12 to 13. Speaking of Jacob, it says, As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Notice here, God didn't say, I'm the God of, what, how, how is God usually addressed in the Old Testament? He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's how he's known. 
He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a generational God. He, he's, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's giving the, the land to you. Uh, but here, God just says, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac. Why? Because it's still to be determined whether he's going to be the God of Jacob. This is, this is Jacob's choice. This is Jacob's free will as to whether he is going to allow God to be his God. If he's going to choose to follow the Lord. And there are people here today, and today it's to be determined if God's going to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and you. We read on in Genesis 29, verses 16 to 27. It says, that clock up there is totally different to the clock on my iPad. Go by that clock. That one's like well behind. Okay. I've been watching that one. That's okay. That's a terrible thing to do to a preacher. They think they've got more time than they've got. We're full of islanders today. I've been to Island Church. I've been to church in Fiji. It goes for 15 hours. <laughs> Seriously. We all got in trouble for falling asleep in church in Fiji because our school principal was preaching. He preached way too long and he was boring. We fell asleep and we got told off. <laughs> okay, Genesis 29. Verse 16, it says, now Laban, uh, Laban was Jacob's uncle. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older daughter was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes or soft eyes. It's the best thing the Bible can say about her. It doesn't even say she had a good personality. Just, just, yeah, you know, you know, Leah, yeah, she's got, she's got soft eyes. Like, that's the best thing you could find to talk about her. Leah had... Anyone here called Leah? <laughs> Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said to Laban, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, well, it's better that I give it to you than to some other man, so stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Oh, oh! Everyone say, oh! Oh, he's a sweetie, isn't he? He's a little sweetie, is Jacob. It seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed and I want to make love to her. Wow. I mean, don't hold back, son. Right? It's just, I've got two daughters. I don't care how good the man is. I don't care how awesome I think he is. If he comes and asks for her hand in marriage and says, can I marry your daughter? I want to make love to her. It's like... We are having a very different conversation. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. 
Well, no good survival. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah. Remember her? She's got weak eyes. <laughs> and brought her to Jacob because they, they wear this big veil and they don't know what, and, and and Jacob made love to her. And Laban gave his servant Zilpah to his daughter as her attendant. When morning came, Jacob's he rolls over to see Rachel, who he loves so much. And she's so beautiful. And he rolls over to look at her and <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> when morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what have you done to me? I serve you for Rachel. Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, well, it's not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week, and then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years' work. <laughs> have you ever worked so hard for something, only to have it taken away unexpectedly? There's lots of nodding heads. Have you ever expected something to go this way, only for it to go this way instead? Maybe you've had a boss who mistreated you, a business partner who stole from you, a friend who turned on you, a marriage partner who broke their vows to you, a doctor's diagnosis that shocked you, a dream, a hope, even a promise from God that seems to be more in the realms of impossibility today than it was when it was first conceived in you. Anyone ever had that kind of thing happen? It's the, the unexpected. Well, the Bible says that God is the God of the unexpected. In Job chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, uh, Job's friends say to him, if, if I were in your shoes, I'd go straight to God. I'd throw myself on the mercy of God. Listen to this. After all, he's famous for great and unexpected acts. There's no end to his surprises. What a great thought. God is famous for great and unexpected acts. He is the God who does the unexpected, and he is the God who is at work in the midst of the unexpected. That's why Jesus was and is still today so captivating and so confronting, because everything about him was unexpected. His birth was unexpected. His conception was unexpected. His birth was unexpected. His teaching was unexpected. His way of living was unexpected. His miracles were unexpected. His death his resurrection, his resurrection and his grace, <laughs> I can't speak, and his grace, so unexpected. He's the God of the unexpected. And so when we experience the unexpected in our lives, what can we expect in the unexpected? If we're going to have great unexpectations, and I would say, if, if anything has kind of been rekindled within me this year, it's that sense that of looking for great unexpectations. Having great expectations, but saying, God, I, I'm looking for the unexpected. I'm looking for what you're going to do that, that just blows my expectations out of the water. Because I've seen for myself the great unexpectations and how good that is. In great unexpectations, we can firstly expect a God encounter. Remember when Jacob first encountered God in his dream? He's the God of Abraham and Isaac. 
not yet the God of Jacob. Jacob had grown up in a household of faith. He was Isaac's son. Isaac was the child of promise. Isaac was a miracle child. Well, Jacob's grown up in that environment. It's possible to grow up around faith and not really have faith. You might be here from one of the islands, perhaps, and you, you're here in church today because, you know, you, you know if, if you're not in church and, and mum or dad back home find out you weren't in church today, then you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, there's some nodding heads. That's right. But you can grow up around faith and not actually have faith. You can have an ex- grow up around an experience of God, but never really have a personal encounter with God. Jacob had an unexpected personal encounter in his dream that opened his eyes to God's plan for him, but it wasn't until 22 years later that he actually got up close and personal with God for himself. And in Genesis 32, we read that Jacob wrestles with a man in the middle of the night. This guy comes across his path. Uh, Jacob is, is frustrated. Jacob's running for his life. Jacob's just he's exhausted and he comes across this unknown man in the middle of the night and, and they start to fight and they're, they're wrestling and they wrestle all through the night and then Jacob has this, this, this realization this isn't just a man he's having an encounter with, with God himself somehow and it's this, this bizarre encounter and Jacob's holding on to him and Jacob says to him I will not let you go until you bless me as he has this personal encounter for the first time with God. Maybe for you, it's it's rare for you to be in church like you are today. I would suggest for some people here, some of those unexpected things that have been happening in your life, some of those little experiences, a little events, a conversation, some of those unexpected things It's not just coincidence, it's not just chance. It's that's been God trying to get your attention, trying to arrest your attention so that you can have an encounter with Him and with His life and His love and His grace and His plan and His purpose for you. So, in the unexpected, expected God encounter, next one, in the unexpected, expect to change. The unexpected is part of the process of learning to trust God in the good and the bad, the highs and the lows, the mountaintops and the mountains. It's where we build convictions about the nature and the goodness and the character of God. Like I said before, that building a conviction that all things are working together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. During those times of the unexpected, we start to build personal convictions and our personal belief in who God is. Our attitude is adjusted. Belief is built. Character is carved. Destiny is discovered. Endurance is enlarged. And faith is formed in the unexpected. When Jacob wrestled with that man, the Amplified Version puts it like this, Genesis 32, verse 27, the man asked him, what is your name? And in shock of realization, whispering, Jacob said, Jacob, which means supplanter, schemer, trickster, swindler. He's wrestling with God and God says, who are you? And Jacob has this realization in the presence of God. 
of who he really is. I'm, I'm Jacob. I'm a trickster. I'm a deceiver. I'm a swindler. I'm a schemer. I'm a, I'm a stealer. That's who I am. Sometimes people say, you know, I, I have these conversations with coppers, and I, re- I reckon 95% of the time it starts like this. Now, Padre, I'm not religious. I just need to talk. <laughs> awesome. I'm not particularly religious either. Religion has the idea of rules, regulations, and by the way, I'm not religious. Just need to talk. And they'll say things like, oh, you know, I don't ever go to church. If I went into church, the what? The roof would cave in. Kind of in jest, kind of in, in joke, but a little bit of a sense of, mm, I'm not quite right. And I know that I fall short of God's perfection. Jacob has this realization, I'm not right. I'm imperfect in the presence of a perfect God. But God said to him, your name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel, which means prevails with God or Prince of God. The unexpected can shock us into realizing there's a gap between who we are and who God is wants us to be, between where we are and what he is calling us to do. In that gap, it's meant for an awakening and a realization. I'm here, I need to be there. I'm here, God's there. And we can choose to either just live in frustration of the gap, or we can choose to grow in the gap and we can choose to receive God's free gift that traverses the gap I am Jacob but I'm becoming Israel and I will not let you go until you bless me and the last one in the unexpected expect God encounters in the unexpected expect to change personally and in the unexpected, expect new opportunities. Expect new opportunities. Unexpected opportunities. Great unexpectations of opportunities. God's got so much more for us. So much more in store for us. Every single one of us. As individuals, as a church here, for Vineyard Church, God's got unexpected <laughs> opportunities for you. For those of you who are here seasonally, while you're here doing a job, this isn't just a, a time of doing a job, but in this next few months, I, I'm just believing, and I want to encourage you to believe for great unexpectations while you're here. What does God want to do in you? What does God want to speak to you? What does God want to show you? What does God want to change in you that you can carry from here back to Vanuatu, back to Fiji, back to the Solomons? And for all of us, it's the same. I was telling the guys yesterday, I didn't know that there's a, there's a unit within the Queensland Police um, uh, called SRG, Special Response Group. And it's, it's um, 
like the SWAT team CERT, um, it's the public safety response team, it's the bomb squad, negotiators, uh, we've got the dog squad there, it's a whole lot of different units. I didn't know that for years the police chaplains had been told, stay away from them. All right, they're, they're okay, they're looked after, um, they've got their psychologists on, just don't really want the chaplains getting involved. Well, I didn't know that. So I just did what I normally do and I turn up with a bag of Kit Kats. Uh, I don't know if you guys, have, if your Padres ever turn up with Kit Kats, if they don't, they need to start doing it. Um, and so I turn up with a bag of Kit Kats and say, anyone need a break? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you see what I did there? Um, they love it, they love a Kit Kat. And so we'll just have a conversation, have a chat and, and have a bit of fun, whatever, and just talk a lot of rubbish. And, and then it just builds connection. So if they want to talk, then they know who to talk to. And so I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to go there. And so I thought, oh, I'm gonna go and see these guys. And there's like multiple layers of security buzzers and gates you gotta go through. And so press the buzzer and this voice comes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it said. Yeah. <laughs> it said, ah, it's the, it's the Madre just dropping in to say hi. Didn't even say anything, just the gate. Clips open. Uh, okay, so go through the next one and go inside and, and walk into the foyer of this building. And one of the team leaders uh, comes out and he goes, Hey, can I help you? And I said, Oh, mate, my name's Artie. I'm the new um, chaplain for the district and just dropping in to say hi. And I didn't get to say anything else. And he goes, Padre, this is perfect timing. And he goes, Come on in here. And so he goes, I've just been sitting here today saying, Who's going to help these guys? I need someone to help these guys, someone that we can talk to because we're dealing with all this stuff every single day. We're pulling our guns on people every day. There's so much just build up of stuff. It's like death by a thousand cuts and we need someone to talk to and we've got no one to talk to. And so if you'll be our Padre, you can come here. I, I guess I'm your Padre. And so he goes, right, Delta team, get in the room. And so he gets these guys in. And they go, he, he says, right, Delta, this is Hardy Shepherd, he's our new Padre. So Padre, over to you. <laughs> I'm like, hey guys. <laughs> Believing for unexpected opportunities. Because every single day I get in my car and I drive to whichever station I'm gonna go and wherever I'm gonna go to, and I pray, uh, there's a Hebrew word, uh, karor. And karor means right place, right time. And I literally pray that over myself every day. And that morning that I went to SRG, I had just prayed that prayer. God, I'm believing for career moments. That I would be the right person in the right place at the right time. And that you would just lead me to the right places to go to. And it was just, as I was driving along that thought, ah, I should stop in there. Right place, right time. And that now has opened up, we don't have time to talk, just unbelievable opportunities within that group. right place, right time. We can all believe that. And I can't tell you how many times I've stepped into a unit or a station and, and I pray that every single morning. Maybe the right person, the right place at the right time. And I step in there and somebody says to me, this is perfect timing. Arnie, this is perfect timing. Come here, sit down, let's have a chat. Arnie, this is perfect timing. Why? Unexpected opportunities. We can all believe for that. I want you to be believing for that. In the unexpected things. Unexpected opportunities. All right, we got to finish. God is a God of the unexpected. 
You might be facing an impossible situation. Believe for the unexpected. Have some great unexpectations. You might be having a, a, a health battle that is impossible. A health challenge. You've had a diagnosis and it's incurable. There's no way through. And be believing for the unexpected. When you look at your financial situation and the cost of living and inflation and interest rate rises, what it's like, I don't know how I'm going to make my way through. God is the God of the unexpected. I told you how I, you know, I hurt my toe that time on the corner of the lounge. Well, there was another time, it might have been a few months later, similar thing. I kicked my little toe on my left foot, kicked it so bad. It was, you know, just instantly went just big and fat and black and purple and broke my toe. Nothing you can do for a broken toe. It's going to put up with it. And it was agony. I couldn't put any weight on. I'm like, you know, limping around, using the heel of my foot, whatever. And I had a connect group that night with a group of young guys. So I turned up to the connect group and, I'm, you know, I've got my, my thongs on. It hurt too much to put a shoe on. And so we're at the connect group. And at the end of the night, uh, we're praying for each other for different things. And and they said, are there anything that we can pray for for you? I said, well, I don't know. I mean, I suppose we, we can pray for my toe. I know, I've broken my toe. Uh, and it really, really hurts. You know, I, was just, I was sitting there through the night. My toe is like throbbing. It's like hurting so bad. And I said, well, we can pray for my toe. Oh, all right. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's pray for you. So they gather around. They put their hand on me. And they're, they're praying. And one of the young guys in the group, he prayed the most ridiculous prayer I've ever heard. He prayed possibly, I mean, it's, it's not even a proper prayer. It's, it is theologically flawed, and it's almost a heretical prayer. But he, this is what he prayed. He said, Lord God, we pray for Pastor Artie, we pray for his toe right now, that you would give him Wolverine-like healing qualities. <laughs> now, I don't know if you, how many of you know who Wolverine is. Right, Wolverine, one of the X-Men. Uh, Wolverine's a fictional character, right? Uh, just made up. Wolverine uh, has the ability to heal himself. If he gets injured, he heals himself. And so this guy prays for me. <coughs> God, give him Wolverine-like healing qualities and let his toe get better. And we'll start laughing. Like, that is ridiculous. You can't pray that. That's not even a proper prayer. You can't pray cartoon, like, movie stuff. It's, that is ridiculous. So we'll start laughing. And then I noticed my, my toe stopped hurting. I'm like, this is a true story. And I'm like, so I, I just gently at first put the weight onto my foot. And I realized it's not hurting. Exactly, that's right. He's coming down for a call. And so, and then I put all my weight on my left foot. And I start doing this. I'm like, it's like, it's not even hurting anymore. And we're all like, yeah, how good is that? I reckon, I reckon God was in heaven. He's listening to everybody's prayers. 
he's answering prayers and he's doing what he does and all of a sudden this it's like what did he say wolverine like healing bodies and and god's going i think i might answer that one and and some of the angels go you can't answer that god that's not even right and then and peter says you can't do that god that is that is inaccurate it's theologically incorrect and and you know, Timothy, uh, Thomas, Thomas is like, I don't think God can do that one. And it's like, and God goes, I like it. I like it. A bit of audacity, a little bit, something unexpected. Unexpected opportunities. Believe for some unexpected opportunities in your life. Because God had a plan. That from Jacob, all the 12 tribes of Israel were going to come. And that couldn't have happened only through Rachel. He needed Leah to be a part of that as well. It was unexpected. And it opened up something incredible. Because God's thoughts are higher and his ways are greater. Amen? Amen. So how do you respond to the unexpected? There's a very different tone between, God, where are you and what are you doing? To, God, where are you? What are you doing in this? What do you want to show me in this? What do you want to change in me in this? What encounter do you want to give me in this? What change do you want to bring in this? What opportunity do you want to open up in this unexpected thing? Can we stand? I'm going to pray. Thank you for staying with us just a little bit longer. Just like to remind you that wasn't my fault, that was Jeremy's. <laughs> Pastor Rock. There are people in this place today, and you're facing the unexpected. It could be in a relationship that just unexpectedly there's been division there, there's been turmoil there, there's whatever it might be, the unexpected. Maybe it's in a health thing, there's a, 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 a physical condition, a, a diagnosis, there's something that's unexpected, there's in your work situation, unexpected. Your accommodation, whatever it might be. Something you thought was going to go one way and it's going the other. I just want to pray and agree with you wherever you are. Just that God would, in the midst of that, there would be a God encounter. That there would be significant change and there would be great opportunities that open up for you. Because God is famous for great and unexpected acts. So if that's you, there I close. If that's you, say, yeah, I'm in the midst of something unexpected right now. And I don't know how to deal with this. I need God's grace and favor on it. Maybe just lift your hands to God and say, yeah, that's me. It could be in your kids, it could be in your home life, it could be in your work, whatever it might be. That's it. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, every person with their hand raised saying, God, I'm in the midst of something that has taken me by surprise. It's unexpected and I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know what you're doing in this. I don't know what your plan is in this. But God, in the midst of it, I'm asking you for great unexpectations. I'm asking you for a God encounter. 
Lord, that, that we would know you more, that we would see you more clearly, that we would have a revelation of who you are, your nature, your character, your plan and your purpose, that you would change us using this unexpected situation, that you would work on us and work in us and change us and shape us and mold us and make us into who you want us to be. And that you would open up great doors of opportunity and favor and blessing that are greater than anything we could have imagined, that are so much better than anything we could have planned and prepared because you are with us and you're for us and you've gone before us. And I thank you for your blessing and your favor to rest on each person in the midst of this situation. For this church, I thank you that through whatever unexpected things might be ahead, God, that you have a plan and a purpose for Vineyard Church. Lord, you've planted it by a riverbank and its roots go down deep and it will keep producing fruit in and out of season. With every eye closed still, every Christian just quietly but passionately praying, every hand down, I wonder how many people in this place need to have an encounter with the goodness of God for yourself, maybe even for the very first time. Maybe you've never come to a place where you've said, I realize I need God's help in my life. I need to say yes to Jesus. I'm, I'm like Jacob. I've got this realization that I'm, I'm so far short of who I need to be and I've messed things up, I've made mistakes, I've failed. That's what the Bible calls sin. Sin separates us from God. But God made a way so that we can have a free gift of grace and forgiveness and a brand new start that brings us back into relationship with a God who loves us so much. I'm not asking you if you've ever, ever been to church before. I'm not asking you if you've ever read a Bible or prayed a prayer. I'm asking, are you right with God? And if you're not, I want to include you right where you are in a very simple prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to include you in this simple prayer right where you stand. A simple prayer that says, Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, be Lord of my life. I want to follow you. Be the person you created me to be. Forgive my sin. Give me a brand new start. Make me right. And in an instant, when we pray a simple prayer like this, a miracle happens where we are made right with God. Our life makes sense and our eternity is secure. And so with every eye closed, every Christian praying, if you know you need to say yes to Jesus for yourself today, for yourself, receive his free gift of grace, forgiveness of sin, a brand new start. Maybe you want to just indicate that wherever you are. Just maybe just by putting your hand on your heart, just to say, yeah, that's me. Are you including that's it? Yep, that's it, that's it. Good on you. Yeah, lots of people, yeah. So yeah, that's me. I need to pray this prayer for myself. That's it. Ten on heart. Just lots of people doing that. You know you're not right with God. This is your moment. Don't leave here the same way you came in. If you're not right with God, this is your moment. You can dig your heels in, you can, you know, no, 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 no. God's been trying to get your attention. This is your moment. Hand on heart and say, yeah, include me in this prayer. I'll say a few words. You repeat it out loud after me. The whole church is going to pray it out loud together to help you along, to encourage you. 
There's no magic formula. The power is in a person saying yes to Jesus. So if you're not right with God, this is your moment. Repeat this after me and make it your prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, this is the moment. I say yes to you. Yes to your free gift of grace and forgiveness for my sin. Yes to a brand new start. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live the life you created me for. I choose to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. And I know I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Let's congratulate people making that prayer. Jeremy, thank you for having us this weekend. It's been a pleasure, honestly. It's been so cool to see what's been happening here. And I think it's a great thing that you've taken time out to honour people like these great men and your mayor and, and those who who give themselves to serve. It really is a significant thing. And looking forward to seeing what God's going to keep doing here at Vineyard Church. Awesome. God bless you, church.